Hey, everybody. Welcome to the World Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that this message blesses you, inspires you, and more than anything, helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus. For more information and resources, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. so excited to be in the house of God. You know that this is just a building that we meet in, but you are the church. Do you guys know that? That you carry the kingdom of God inside of you, and everywhere that you go, you release this kingdom. Do you guys get that? This is why it's important to understand our identity. If you didn't listen to Mike McLaughlin's message last night, I encourage you to, to do that. It was really, really a good message. Sorry, Brandon. He gets mad at me when I touch this thing. It can be annoying sometimes. You guys okay? Last night in worship, I had this, this vision. I don't get visions very often, but I had this vision, and it was really very cool. I had a vision of the, the United States kind of a, in a map form, you know, like a map, and I was actually kind of looking down on the map, and I could see United States from one end to the other, from the up and down, and then I saw Jesus Christ actually walking on this map, and he, his, his feet touched every state that is associated with the United States, and I thought that was pretty cool. The interesting thing of it is that when he'd walk, he didn't have to, like, walk hard. You know, when somebody does that, you know? He wasn't walking hard. He was walking, but as he walked, there was this thunder that went from his feet, and it just kind of permeated. It just kind of rippled throughout the, throughout the, the states. So anyways, I think that he's up to something. I'm going to just read a couple of scriptures here, and my, my message is on offense. So I want to offend you first, and then I'm going to talk to you about offense. How about that? I've, I've, I've heard that I've, I can do that every now and then. And in Psalm, I, I, I really, in Psalm 33, verse 10, you guys can turn there. This isn't my message. Remember, I'm just going to offend you, and then I'm going to give you my message. So Psalm 33, 10 through 12, in the New Living Translation, it says this. It says, the Lord frustrates the plans of the nations. Come on, guys. The Lord, okay, I'm just. The Lord frustrates the plans of the nations and he thwarts all their schemes. But the Lord's plans stand firm forever and his intentions can never be shaken. This is why is it important that we understand and we know who this God is that we serve. I don't, it doesn't matter what view you have on anything. I mean, it does. It's your view. It's your opinion. Say my opinion. My opinion. This is the reason that I am not on Facebook, because I don't like some of your opinions. <laughs> and I keep myself loving you when I'm not on there. And I don't share mine with you so you can keep loving me, right? But no, seriously, we all have our own opinion, right? But I want to challenge you in your opinions. Can I do that? When my opinion doesn't line up with the word of God, it lines up with something else. Just chew on that for a minute. 
Verse 12 in Psalm 33, it says, What joy for the nation whose God is the Lord, whose people has chosen his, his inheritance. Did you guys know that was in there? What joy for the nation whose God is the Lord. I declare right now that he is God over the United States of America. And our nation will be a nation that will shine his glory and will shine for him and all will see how great is our God. All will see how great is our God because we, Ezekiel 37, remember? God comes to Ezekiel and he shows, them, he shows him a valley of dry bones representing the church saying, Ezekiel, can these bones live? And I believe with everything in me that the church is dusting off the dust and is arising and is getting that voice not, okay, listen, listen, not mean and hateful. Come on. We can, this is why the church is different than the world. The world is hateful and mean, but the church represents a Jesus who died on the cross and that represents love. So we can stand up and have our voice and have our opinions that are alignment in line with the word of God and speaking it in love and not hate. Amen? This is why the church has to understand her identity. Remember, this is not my message. I'm just going to offend you. You guys good? Here's another really cool verse. You guys want to hear it? In Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, it says this. There are six things the Lord hates. Did you know that the Lord hates things? Well, it says six things, and then he changes his mind. He says, no, wait a minute, seven. Seven things that he detests. Number one, a haughty eye. Number two, a lying tongue. Number three, hands that kill the innocent. Number four, a heart that plots evil. Number five, feet that race to do wrong. Number six, false witness who pours out lies. And number seven, a person who sows discord in a family. We should have this in a frame on our refrigerator so that we can see it every day, the things that God hates. It doesn't say that God hates people. You guys catching me? Because he can't hate something he died for. He hates the things. That's why it's important that we as the church, say I'm the church, become conformed into the image of Christ so that I can be Christ to a world and show them what love looks like. It's not his job. He already did it. It's our job to release the love of Christ. So when we have our opinions, listen, because I have never in my whole life, and I'm not that old, I'm over 50, just a couple years, not that old, but in the life that I've lived, I don't think I've ever seen a nation in such turmoil. In the nation, you can get, I guarantee you this, that some of you sitting here right now, watching online, got offended the minute you sat down because somebody maybe was sitting in your spot or so, there was no place to park. So you're like offended because this church doesn't have any parking, but our next building will have a good, great, big parking lot. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
You guys catch what I'm saying? In Luke, in Luke 17, Jesus says this. He says that it is inevitable that you will have an opportunity to be offended. Do you know that offense separates families? Offense, I believe, is the number one cause of divorce. I believe offense, listen, keeps husband and wives sleeping in separate rooms. I believe offense keeps us from loving the way that we're supposed to love. And I believe that the spirit of offense has been rampant in the world and has seeped its way through the church, into the church, unfortunately. But that's changing, right? Amen. See, it's changing. Say, today it's changing. Because I'm going to leave here offense-free. Amen. Amen? Can I read another scripture to you? It's not a part of my message, but you guys are ready? This is so good. How many just love the word of God? I'm going to read, no, not 17, Elaine, I changed. I'm reading Psalm 46. Oh, you're telling him, sorry. Elaine's always preaching for me over here. No, I'm kidding. How many appreciate the Dwyers? We love, we love the Dwyers. The Dwyers have been around since the dinosaurs, and they look amazing. No, I'm kidding. Before the dinosaur age. They've been missionaries to the Philippines. They celebrated 50 years in January of being out on the mission field. And they're, they've done an amazing job, planted a bunch of churches, raised up a bunch of pastors, and they're changing the Philippines. Amen? All right, let's read Psalm 46. I'm reading it out of the Passion Translation. God, you are a safe and powerful place to find refuge. You're a proven help in time of trouble. Come on, guys. He's a proven help in time of trouble. More than enough and always available whenever I need you. So we will never fear even, listen, so we will never fear even if every structure of support were to crumble away. We will not fear even when the earth quakes and shakes. Come on. Go ahead and earth quake and shake because we're not going to fear. Moving mountains and casting them into the sea for the raging roar of stormy winds and crashing waves cannot erode my faith in you. Come on. God has a constantly flowing river whose sparkling streams bring joy and delight in his people. It's saying it brings joy and delight, not into the world, but into his people. And if you're born again, you're his people. Say, I'm his people. I'm his people. You're his people. So you have joy and delight inside of you. His river flows right through the city of God Most High into his holy dwelling place. God is in the midst of his city and, I, and secure and not, never shaken. God is in the midst of your city. God is in the midst of your city. He's in the midst of your county. He's in the midst of your house. Why? Because you're his people. That's enough to get a shouting about there. At daybreak, his help will be seen with the appearing of the dawn. When the nations are in uproar, their tottering kingdoms, God simply raises his voice and the earth begins to disintegrate before him. Come on. Why do we worry? Bring it. Because his kingdom is never shaken. And I don't know about you, but I'm a part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Here he comes, the commander, the mighty Lord of angel armies. He's on whose side? side. Why wouldn't you want to be a child of God when you, the God who created the heavens and the earth is on 
your side. This is a spoiler alert. We win. Come gas prices, come inflation, come recession, come whatever may, because that is not the part of the kingdom that we're a part of. Because the Lord is on my side. He's on your side. Verse 8 through 9. Everyone look, come and see the breathtaking wonders of my God. For he brings both ruin and revival. I want to be on his revival side, not on his ruin side. He is the one who makes conflicts end throughout the earth, breaking and burning every weapon of war. This is my favorite. Surrender your anxiety. In some translations, it says, relax. Some translations, it says, be still. That word be still means be in awe because he is God. Stand in awe and be still and watch because he is God. Won't he do it? Won't he do what he says? He will do what he says because he's a God that cannot lie. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the I am, he is the I is, and he is the I was. He's all wrapped up in one. Amen? Surrender your anxiety. Be, stop, be silent. Stop your striving. And you will see that I am God. I am the God above all the nations, and I will be exalted throughout the earth. He says, I will. Say, I will. I think, if he's, I think God is speaking here. If God is saying, I will be Lord of the nations, don't you think he's going to be Lord over the nations? Yes. Hallelujah. Woo. I'm so excited about that. Verse 11, here he stands, the commander, the mighty Lord of angel armies is on our side. There. The end. Bless you. Go home. No, I'm kidding. I still have at least 20 minutes. God is good. Amen. <sighs> this thing of identity. Can I just show you? I've been talking about identity for what, 10 years? About, I don't know, seven years for sure. There's benefits that come with my identity in Christ. Did you guys know that? When you are a child of God, when you say yes to Christ, this is what happens to you. When you say, Jesus, be Lord of my life. Come into my heart. The Bible says this is what happens. That you become something brand new. That the inside of your core, your old nature is gone and he gives you his nature. He gives you a brand new nature. And when we become children of God, there's benefits. Say benefits. Right? There's benefits. And part of those benefits are love, joy, assurance, peace, freedom, healthy relationships, a sound mind, kindness, encouragement, self-control, confidence. We get to walk and have the benefits, say benefits, of being in Christ. Your identity, my identity. And when I look through, when I look at people through this, through my identity in Christ, I see the world through his eyes. 
because he's in me and I'm in him. So when I look at the world, I do not get offended. Shake your head. I am not going to get offended. Why am I not going to get offended? Because I'm going to see them through the eyes of Christ. And I'm going to, in 2 Corinthians 3.18, I am going to be conformed into the image of Christ. That is continually being conformed. That means that if it's continual, that means then I need it more than just a day. That means daily, as I'm reading the word of God, I am being transformed, conformed, it's the same word, into his image, looking like him so I can see like him. So that when I'm on Facebook, scrolling through Facebook, I'm not irritated or offended by what people post on Facebook. I was talking to Esteban. How many know Esteban? He is like the, he's like the social media king, man. And he just, he takes social media and his goal is, is to turn social media into good, to use it for good. And he's just throwing stuff on there and he throws our stuff on there and it's reaching a bunch of people and changing people and so that's wonderful. And so if we can take that and use social media for the glory of God, what if instead of putting our opinions we put a word that would encourage somebody. What if instead of arguing, debating what I think, I simply put, for God so loved the world that he gave his son. I'm just throwing it out there. What if? Do you think that something could change? Maybe. Okay. That was not even on my notes. Do you know that the world can only be transformed and it's not by a president? A president of, of any country is not going to transform the country. You and I are going to help transform a nation. Because in Isaiah 6, it says that the glory of the Lord comes upon me. His glory comes on me, and everywhere that I walk, I am light, and so therefore I release his glory into the nation. I release his glory when I go into Walmart. I release his glory when I'm going to Marketplace. I release his glory when I sit in the movie theater. Anybody see Top Gun? It's really a good movie. It's really a good movie. It's not like the 80s. It's better. Listen, when I understand my identity, when I understand who I am, who God has called me to be, when I understand what benefits I have, being a part of, because it says I am the inheritance of Christ, that I have the inheritance of Christ, right? I'm seated in heavenly places. That way, that's where I'm seated, right, in the spirit. When I understand my identity, everything changes. Because I'm, I'm going to choose to not be offended when somebody, when my brother and sister thinks differently than I do. I mean, people, if somebody doesn't think, you want to hear something crazy? I heard a preacher, and I'd like to get a hold of this guy. And I kid you not, I really would. When I heard that, I, some, I was listening to an interview. I'm not going to get into all the things because I don't want to like anything. But he's a big, big guy. I mean, he's not a big guy. I mean, he's a big guy. He has a big church somewhere and well-known and reaching thousands of people, which makes me even more mad. I'm not offended. I'm just mad. 
He was going through an interview because somebody was wanting to ask him some of the statements that he was saying from his pulpit. And so they played some of these things, and he was saying this. Listen, he was saying, if you are a Democrat and you're in my church, get out. I was mad. So now we identify as a political party when that's what Jesus came to tear down. So I think he needs to spend more time conforming to the image of Christ so he can actually preach the word of God the way it should be preached. Which is not a political party. It's not. It doesn't matter who you voted. I don't care. Jesus didn't die for those who voted Republican, Democrat, Independent. Whatever. It says he died for the world. He didn't die for those that wanted to be vaccinated, not vaccinated, don't care about the va all the world. See, the enemy wants to use a fence to come into our lives, to come into the world, to come into the church, so he can keep us from our focus on that instead of on what God is wanting to do in us, through us, and for the world. Because revival is not going to come through the world. It's going to come through you and me. Because I carry it in me. Yes. So identity. We're going to talk about, aren't these nice? Okay. Good job, Amy. Romans 12, verse 2. This is one, this has been, I've been quoting this verse for probably as many years as I've been speaking on identity. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. Paul cannot be any clearer. He says, don't do it. It says, do not be conformed in some translations. Don't be conformed to this world. Here's, here's a, a newsflash for you. As the church, if I am busy being conformed to the image of Christ, it's going to be really hard for me to be conformed to the image of the world. Should I say it again? If I spend my time in worship and in prayer and in reading the word, it says that I become like the one I behold. If I am beholding CNN, if I am beholding Facebook, if I am beholding Fox News, if I am beholding anything besides Jesus, that's what I'm conformed into. I become like what I behold. It is imperative. It is, it is urgent. Listen, church. It is urgent that we look like the one that came and died for us. Because the only Jesus the world is going to see is inside of you. And if you act like them, why do they want what's in you? Because they already got it. Jesus, when he was being, remember, read, read, I would encourage you guys to read the, the section of him being crucified. You know, the, what do you call that? The passion? The, yeah, the passion. The step-by-step step when they took Jesus and they whipped him, I think it was like 600 Roman soldiers spit in his face. 600, at least. Could be up to 900. At a time. Not only once, but twice. Anybody spit in your face over 600 times? No. They whipped him. They beat him unrecognizably. They plucked his beard. 
They did all of those things to him, and not one time did he get upset. He didn't say, that's it. Do you know that he had the ability to call a legion of angels to come and rescue him? But he made a decision, I'm not going to get offended because I'm on a mission. And that mission is I have to go through this for the world. Because he loved. And he's calling us to do the same. So when you are made fun of, when you are offended, when somebody ticks you off in traffic, it doesn't happen very often, but sometimes people need to learn how to drive. I'm just saying. It's like, where did you get your license or do you even have one? Do not copy the behavior and customs of this world or do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. It is impossible for a believer that is being conformed into the image of Christ to think like the world. If you're thinking like the world, then that's bad. That means you are allowing yourself to be conformed into the image of the world. Right? Psalm 139. I love this. Mike read part of it last night. You know, sometimes you hear these teachings where it's like, you know, you don't really have to, you know, search things out, you know, like, you know, I'm all, I'm good, you know, I'm a, I'm not a, I'm a saint, you know, I'm not a sinner saved by grace, and I'm not. But here's a really good verse, I think, that would do us all good to use occasionally. Like occasionally, I mean like daily. How many drink coffee? How many don't drink coffee? Okay, we're going to have you guys up for prayer after. I'm going <laughs> to pray over you to be released from that demon of no coffee. So in other words, I'm saying is that we should, I was going to say drink it like coffee, but most of you don't drink coffee, which is so weird to me. Like, how come you guys don't drink? How many drink something in your coffee? How many just drink black coffee? Oh, yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You ever try maple syrup in your coffee? Just saying you should try it. It's really good. Okay, Psalm 139. That was my squirrel moment. Psalm 139, 23 to 24 says this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me. Not test my neighbor, not test my husband, although if you want to, God, go ahead. <laughs> test him, Lord, not me. He needs it. He needs it more than I do. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything, say anything, in me that offends you. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. There's nothing wrong with that prayer. I think we should pray that daily. I pray it a lot. God, is there anything inside of me that is not pleasing to you? And sometimes I don't hear anything. I'm like, dang, I nailed it. But on the other hand, sometimes I hear, you better go straighten that out. Right? You guys ever offended or irritated with anybody? Does anybody ever irritate you? All the wives and husbands are sitting like this. I'm not moving. I'm not looking to the right. I'm not going to look over there. I'm not going to look. <laughs> right? God is so funny. 
He's like, I'm going to make marriage. He's like, I'm going to put two totally opposite people, a guy that can't pick up their pants and doesn't put the toilet seat down, and I'm going to marry him with a woman and put him in a house and say, there you go. He's got a sense of humor. Those of you who are single, enjoy being single because your day will come and then you'll come to us for marriage counseling. <laughs> and we'll go, it'll be okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. Marriage is the greatest thing in the whole world. How many, how many want to be married? That are not married, I mean, I should say. <laughs> All the married couples are like, yes, yes, we do. Our next session is going to be on staying alive in marriage. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Hebrews 12, I love this scripture. In Hebrews, Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, it's talking about taking off anything that keeps us from running our race. Strip those things off. And I believe that offense is one of them. I believe that the spirit of offense is really key right now in the church and in the world. I really do. You know why? Because I'm being really easily offended lately. That's how you know God's trying to say something. He's like, I'm like, why am I so offended? Why am I so irritated? You guys ever do that? Like, why am I irritated? I'm not even really mad at anybody. I've just been home, you know. <laughs> just say, He was busy playing on his phone a minute, so he didn't get that. The word offense is a snare. John Bevere has one of the best books I have ever read on offense. Anybody ever read it, The Bait of Satan? It is one of the best books I've ever read. It's really, really good. And really, offense is a bait that Satan wants to lure you into. It's called a snare. It's like a trap is really what the Greek word is in that. That's why it's important that we guard our heart. Here's some things that offense can affect in my life. You guys want to hear it? Offense does not only affect you. Because we think this, I, I hear this a lot. It's just like, well, I, you know, it doesn't affect, the way I think doesn't affect anybody or the way that I, it 100% does. Offense does not only affect you, it affects those around you. Because offense will eventually come out. You want to know how it comes out? I'm going to tell you how it comes out. Offense releases bitterness Hatred, dishonor. Remember, Nate said it earlier today in his, that was a really good offering message, by the way, Nate. Did you ever desire to be a preacher? Well, it doesn't matter what you desire because it doesn't matter. I said something to somebody today. I said, you know, what, isn't it, wouldn't it be nice if God would just give us things to do that were comfortable? You know, then it'd be like, oh, yeah, God, I can do that. Like you're talking about roller coasters. I'm like, no. But you ever desire to be a preacher? Oh, okay. Well, it doesn't matter. Because I, I think you're a preacher. Yeah, I think you are. I think that you'd make a really good preacher. I think because you're honest, and I think you're very transparent, and I think you're very authentic, and I think you carry the heart of the Father. So, I don't know, I think he's going to download some messages in you and have to put you and Mike McLaughlin up here and let you guys, right? <clears throat> Offense releases. Bitterness, hatred, dishonor, that's what I was talking about. Jesus could not go into his hometown because they were offended with him. 
And it said that he couldn't do any miracles because of their dishonor. Offense takes us out of honor. See, offense takes us out of the benefits, say benefits, of my identity. When I allow offense in my heart, when I, there's one thing about getting offended, because we're all going to get offended, right? Getting offended is not wrong. It's what you do with the offense. It's if I take the offense and I say, God, forgive me for being offended with that person. I forgive, I lay it down, and now I'm moving on. But if I live offended, you've ever been around anybody that lives offensive or lives offended? I was one of them. Lived offended, hated the world. I didn't even like, I didn't believe this or not. There was a time in my life that I didn't even like dogs. Yes. Remember, honey? I didn't even like dogs. And then one time, my father-in-law thought he was going to, you know, be nice. This is, say, before dogs. Before I like dogs. And he brought me home a chihuahua for my birthday. Remember, honey? Pepe Le Pew was his name. <laughs> he brought home, he thought that I loved dogs, which I didn't. And he brought home Pepe Le Pew thinking he was going to make brownie points, and he did not make any. Remember? Pepe Le Pew. What did we do with that guy? I think we gave him away finally because he was annoying. He was, yeah, anyways. Okay, I'm moving on. Sorry, guys. Another sidetrack. Anyways, dishonor, jealousy. Say jealousy. Resentment. This is what offense releases. When I live in resentment, some of you are saying, well, I'm not offended. I'm not, I'm not offended. I'm not living offended. Search me, O oh God, and know me. Is there anything in me? <laughs> some of you watching online, you're wondering why things are going, why do I feel chaotic? Why aren't things just, why am I not at peace? Why am I always irritated? Why am I easily irritated? Why, why do people annoy me? Do you know that people are not supposed to annoy us? I did not know that. <laughs> so I was like, Lord Jesus, help me. <laughs> I worked retail for a long time. How many work retail or have worked retail? <laughs> Jesus. That's why Jesus needs us to be like him. <laughs> Resentment, pride. These are the things that offense release. When I choose to live life offended, and if you're questioning, am I offended? If you're easily irritated, if everybody annoys you, if turning on the TV, if, if you just, if you're, if you're out of peace, then you've got some offense in your heart. Unforgiveness. Do you know that unforgiveness, when you choose to live a life not forgiving, you open up the doors for the enemy to come in and torment you. That's in Matthew, I think it's 13 or something like that. It's in the Gospels, just read them all, it's in there. And it's actually in red, so Jesus wrote it. He says, if you don't forgive, he actually says this in Matthew 6, he says, if you, if you don't forgive, then I can't forgive you. That's how much forgiveness means to God. Unforgiveness, do you know that the most critical people that I know are offended? Judgmental. Anybody in here judgmental? Nobody's going to raise their hand because they're like, I'm not judgmental. 
I used to be the worst. I still have to work on that, being judgmental, being honest. Because sometimes people can annoy me, and i got to figure out what am I offended at. Judgment. Jesus talks about that also. He says, why are you looking at the speck in your brother's eye when you've got a log in your own eye? We have the ministry of reconciliation, not the ministry of judgment. Your job isn't to judge. Your job is to minister love and reconciliation to the world. Amen? And your job is not to minister. <laughs> I'm picking on marriages today. Is not to try to make your husband do stuff. Lord, if he would just pick up his pants. If he would just. If he would just. If he would just. If he would just. How about if you would just snip it? I'm talking to women. I can't talk to men because, you know, I'm a wife. So I'm talking to the wives. Some types of wives need to get on our knees and talk to him, my father, more than trying to nag at my husband, try to make them see something. You guys ever do that? <laughs> I've never done that. I've never tried to make Bob see it that I'm right, even though I am. Most of the time, I am right, honey. <laughs> he literally just broke out in sweat. He's sweating everywhere. He's like, oh, no. i got to stay in the basement again. No, I'm kidding. Offense can hinder the move of God in your life. Listen, it's not going to hinder the move of God in my life because I'm not the one with the offense. It's going to hinder the, God, the move of God in your life. And you're like, well, no, it can't. Oh, yes, it can. You're going to have a harder time hearing from God. You're going to have a harder time feeling that peace. You're going to have a harder time when you get into worship, when you're reading the word, you don't get anything. I don't see, I don't Ask God if there's an offense that you've picked up. Do you know that offenses don't come in great, big, huge things? The Bible says that it's the little foxes, remember? The little foxes. I remember one time going for a walk. This was, I don't know, maybe two or three years ago. I was going for a walk on a Sunday morning before church because I had to preach. I'm like, I got I to gotta go do something. So I went for a walk, and I'm on my way back. I'm like, yeah, thank you, God. You're going to work in Jesus. Thank you, God. The Holy Spirit says, you have offense with your husband. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. You're so good. Hallelujah. Thank you. We're gonna have a good time. To, we're gonna have a good time this morning. He's like, you have a fence with your husband. I'm like, Lord, I thank you for this beautiful weather. <laughs> that is summer. I love summer. Thank you, God, that you're just on the move. Thank you, God, for this beautiful river. And he says, you got a fence with your husband. I'm like, I don't know who that is. Get behind me, Satan. <sighs> I was like, where in the world did that come from? So I'm like, okay. So I'm like, okay, Lord, I don't want a fence in my heart. You know, I don't want a fence in my heart. And I'm like, okay, so what is it that I'm offended with? And I mean, we're, we've been married, what, 33 years this summer? 30, 30, it's going to be 34 this summer. Yep, I was 18, and he stole, rocked the cradle, and <laughs> stole me right from the playpen and got married. <laughs> kidding. So we've been married. We've been married a long time. We've been married a long time. And, you know, you, you guys know he's, he was a business guy. He traveled a lot, blah, blah, blah. Well, here, and I am 
I am not jealous. I'm not a jealous person, am I? I don't, I'm not, no, I'm not jealous at all. I, I don't care that he goes fishing with his self or with, I don't care. I mean, I don't. I just, I'm, it's just not in me. It doesn't matter. And then he started dropping, the Lord started reminding me of little things that I picked up. And I was a, I am like a cheerleader for him. I hope I am. Like when he was in business, I'm like, no, do business, man. I mean, it just was what I did. Yep, kids and I are fine. But I picked up an offense in my heart. And somewhere along the line, it was festering inside of me. And what we do with the fence a lot of times is we just say, I'm just going to get over it. But if I don't acknowledge that I've got an offense, then I can't forgive and I can't work through that offense. And so I came home and I just told him, I said, honey, I've had an offense with you and I just, I need you to forgive me. I didn't go into any detail with him because it didn't matter what it was. It was mine. It wasn't his. And see, it, my offense doesn't affect it didn't affect him. I mean, he just was doing life, but it affected the inside of me, and ultimately it did re- affect our relationship in a sense. You know, he was more irritating to me, and I didn't know why. You guys tracking with me? Like, dang. I saw this, anyways, meme. I'm just not even going to go there because I'm getting sidetracked. Offense can hinder the move of God in my life. Do you know that, that offense, carrying offense, carrying offense, grieves the Holy Spirit? The Bible says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. That word grieve means hurt. People are like, you know, God is pleased with us. Yes, but you know that you can hurt the Holy Spirit. We hurt the Holy Spirit when we pick up an offense with the people that he died for. I'm not saying you got to go have coffee with these people. I'm not. Unless God tells me to, then I will. What I'm saying is that I'm not going to live life offended because it's going to affect things in my life. And eventually it would affect all around. You guys tracking with me? Offense can quench his power in my life and through my life. And then I'm trying to do things in my own strength. I'm going to have somebody at the piano. Um, I'm going to have some helpers hand out some paper and make sure you guys have a pen. You guys have a pen? Borrow each other's pen. Yes, the whole band. Sorry. Oh, Jesus. Why does time go so fast? They're going to pass out. I want everybody to take a piece of paper. And as I finish up, I've got just a couple more, a couple more points to make. I might even just continue it next week. Maybe that's what I'll do. Continuation next week. That's what I'll do. Let's just do this. <clears throat> Remember I talked about the benefits of our identity. The benefit of your identity in Christ is you get to live in peace. The benefit of being a child of God is that you get to live in joy, righteousness. You get to be kind. You get to experience encouraging people. You get to have self-control. These are the benefits of being a child of God. And offense takes me out of the benefits of being a child of God of my identity. So these pieces of paper are going to be passed out to you guys. You can do it if you want to. You don't have to if you don't want to. But we've been talking about offense. And I believe that as I was speaking, you guys can do this online too. Get a piece of paper. And I want you to write down if the Lord is speaking anything to you as we were talking. 
There's probably a lot of husbands and wives in here that can write a list of things that you were offended. Listen, God intended you to enjoy your marriage. He intended you to enjoy each other. He intended you to enjoy relationships around you, friends, church, whatever, your job. Some of you are offended with your boss. I'm not offended with my boss. He's my boss. That is not fair. He's my boss and my husband and my pastor. Dang it. I should find a different church. I'm kidding. If the Lord spoke to you about any offense that you're carrying in your heart towards anybody, I don't care who it is. It can even be, listen, you might be offended with God. I quoted Psalm 139. It says, search me, O God, and know if there's anything in me that brings offense to you. If there's anything in your heart that you're offended with, anybody you're offended with, as the worship team, as they're going to play and they're going to sing, hey, Nate, would you mind hopping on the drums? I think there's some things in there for you. He's like, I don't even know what we're singing. But he's like, okay. Listen, I, this is what I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, is that he wanted to break off a fence on the church. And the only way he can do that, he's not going to come in like a bulldozer and go, you guys are all free. He wants you to give him your offense. Because if you're full of offense, how can he fill you with full if you're already full? You give him your offense, you give him those things, and watch and see if he doesn't start healing your heart. It's hard to be healed when you continue to live with the fence, when you continue to live with the hurt. Listen, I'm not saying what people did to you is right. I was hurt. I was, there's a lot of things in my life, but I had to be willing to give up that hurt in order to be free. The Bible says that he, God is the one, he says, I am, what does he say? He says, I am. It says, don't take revenge. God is the one that does it for me. Leave that to God and you, for you to be free. See, bitterness is a poison. It poisons not only you, it poisons those around you. Why give the enemy another second of your life? You have all of these benefits. You have all of these benefits from God when we become children of God. And some of us are not experiencing those benefits because we're bitter, we're angry, we're offended, we're mad at the world, mad at the government. I'm mad at the gas prices. I'm mad at this. I'm mad at the recession. I'm mad at blah, blah, blah. And you, it takes us out of experiencing all that Jesus paid for. I don't know about you. He ain't getting another second of my time because I am going to enjoy every single minute that I have. Every Do you know that life is like this? You're here today, gone tomorrow. Why give him another second? Why not choose today to write on that piece of paper all the offenses, the things that you've got inside of you, write them down. And then I'm going to have some ushers go with the offering bag. 
And that can be your offering to the Lord. And then it's gone. And then we're going to sing together that our God reigns. He reigns over your life. He reigns over your family. He reigns over your city. He reigns over your job. He reigns over your marriage. He reigns over your kids. That's powerful. So you guys sing. You guys write. Let's have the ushers be ready, and I'll release you in just a minute. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would just search our hearts. If there's anything in us, God, if there's any offense, if we're offended with anybody, God, we write those things down and we give them to you because today is a new day. Today we mark it that there's not another second that the enemy's going to have of my life. He's not going to steal joy. He's not going to steal my peace. He's not going to steal my family. He's not going to steal my marriage. He's not going to steal my job. He's not going to steal anything because today we take it back. Amen? You guys all done? If you're writing a book, you guys should probably see me afterwards. We'll pray over you. I'm kidding. God is, listen, God is good. And he, his heart is that we become like him so the world can be transformed. Amen? Why don't you guys stand up? Ushers, go ahead and throw your offenses in that offering basket. God, we give those things to you in Jesus' name.
all of these offenses right now. You reign over the spirit of offense in Jesus' name. We take authority over that spirit and we say that you have no more right, you have no more power, you have no more authority in our life. Satan, we're not giving you one more day. We're not giving you one more second of our life because we declare that he reigns over all of the offense that we put in these baskets right here. They are our offering to you, God, and you are gonna take care of it and you reign. Amen. Amen. He reigns. He reigns. And all offense that you came in here with today, all those watching online, every offense that you wrote down and you put in this offering basket is absolutely done. 100% done. And when that little thing tries to creep back in there, you say, ain't having it. Ain't nobody got time for that. Amen? God, I thank you for these people here this morning. God, I thank you for those that are watching online. Father, I thank you that you are moving in the church, that you're moving in our nation. And we thank you, God, for all that you're doing. And just like Nate's message was, is that sometimes we forget to look and see what the Lord has done. God, help us to remember that you parted the Red Sea, that you provide the manna. And we today on are gonna be thankful. We're gonna live a life of thanksgiving and not complaining. That we're gonna live a life, God, that reflects you. As we are conformed into your image, we will release your image to the world and we will see our county. We will see our city. We will see our nation saved in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys have a good day. If you guys need more prayer, if you want more prayer, I know we had prayer during worship and stuff like that, but if you need, maybe you have your laundry list, you know, and you need more help with that. No, seriously, we'll have the worship or the, who are we going to have up here? Ministry team. We have the ministry team come up here and pray for if you need it. God bless you. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any new messages. To learn more or to get connected with us, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. God bless you all, and we'll see you next time.